everybody. Welcome to our services this evening. It's good to be uh, with you this evening. Before we get uh, started with the service, I just want to make mention of something uh, real quick. Uh, we had um, our missionaries to Africa in this morning, and uh, it was interesting to be able to get an update from them. Uh, but I want to start off the service by apologizing uh, to everybody that uh, watched or that was in the service for that. Uh, I did reach out to him before they came uh, to ensure that they uh, held up with our standards uh, that we believe in, uh, with the Bible that we believe is the true Bible. And I was told that they did. And uh, of course, if you watched the live stream and noticed on the screen, uh, there were a few passages of scripture that were not King James only. And uh, so I want to start off the evening by apologizing. Uh, again, I did ask, and uh, I was told that they were, uh, but come to find out that that was not the case. So I want to apologize to you for that. Uh, as your pastor, it is my job uh, to go and find out these things. And I uh, thought I had, but I had not done it deep enough and, and not gone as deep as I should have and, and asked uh, any deeper uh, questions about it. So uh, I want to apologize to you for that. And uh, I will do everything in my power to not allow that to happen again, uh, because this is a true church. This is a church that believes that there is one uh, true version of the Bible for English speaking people, and that's the King James Version. And uh, to allow that into our church is a uh, blot on my record, and I want to apologize publicly for that. Uh, so if you have any questions about that, uh, if you want to talk to me uh, and Brother Ray after the service, we'll gladly speak to you about that. Uh, he and I are going to be having some more conversations here to come about it. So uh, if you would just uh, keep that uh, in mind, and then if you do have any questions about it, uh, feel free to talk to me or Brother Ray about it, uh, and Brother Ray, sorry, about it uh, after the service this evening. Uh, but let's continue uh, this evening and get our hymnals out on a brighter note. Uh, let's get our hymnal, our blue hymnals out. We'll turn to hymn 45, hymn number 45 in your blue hymnals. Surely goodness and mercy. We'll sing all three verses together this evening. Let's stand together as we sing hymn number 45 in your blue hymnal, surely goodness and mercy. On that first verse,
isn't it wonderful that goodness and mercy follows us uh, all the days of our life as saved, born-again Christians? Let's open our service this evening in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father God, I thank you for allowing us to meet together this evening, Lord. I thank you for, uh, Lord, your love and your kindness and your goodness to us and your mercy, uh, Lord, and the grace that we receive so often from you, Lord. I thank you that even when we make mistakes and we fail, Lord, that you still love us and you're right there to pick us up even when we fall and when we fail, Lord. I pray that you'd be with us this evening as we look at your word, Lord, and as we uh, sing these hymns and as we worship you this evening, I pray that it'd be glorifying to you. I pray that, uh, Lord, as the incense was in the early uh, stages of the people of Israel, Lord, uh, their morning incense that they burned, Lord, I pray that our praise and our prayer today, Lord, would be a sweet-smelling savor to you. I pray this in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Let's get our uh, bulletins out. We're going to look at some announcements this evening. I want to make mention of just a few things. Uh, of course, we've got our Super Saturday Soul Winning coming up this coming Saturday at 10 o'clock, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, before that, though, this coming Wednesday, uh, remember, I will not be here. I'm going to be in Beckley, West Virginia, uh, getting my CDL training. So I leave t uh, Tuesday morning or possibly tomorrow evening to head down to Beckley uh, to begin the process of finishing up my CDL training. I've done about 15 hours of online videos in the last week and uh, been working on getting that finished up. Uh, and then Tuesday I'll be beginning my regular training for that and it will end off that week with getting a test, uh, a, a uh, knowledge, no, it's not a knowledge test, I'm sorry, it's a um, a skills test and then a pre-trip inspection test. So I need to uh, uh, do those things and then that gives me the ability to come then back to Ohio and uh, just fill out the paperwork to get my full CDL. Uh, so if you guys could be praying for that and, and this CDL is not something that I'm getting so that I can go and uh, drive a truck or anything to make extra money. This is something that I'm going to get to drive our church bus and uh, hopefully and prayerfully be a backup driver uh, after a, a short stint of being the regular driver uh, of that bus. So if you guys could be praying for that. Uh, and then, of course, this coming Wednesday, uh, of course, maybe not being here, we will have a special speaker in that evening. Uh, I am still working out uh, who exactly is going to be here that evening, uh, so just keep uh, your ear out about that. Uh, but it will still be our regular prayer meeting that evening, and uh, we'll still get together and pray together just like we would any other week. And uh, so please make sure you're here in your place this coming Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Uh, now, next Sunday is going to be a very special Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Brother John Bates is going to preach for us in the morning service, and in the evening service, we're going to have the Praetor family. And uh, I have uh, much more thoroughly vetted them uh, to be sure of, of uh, what is coming into the church, and I know them very well now uh, and uh, got a good report there. So we're looking forward uh, to hearing from them about their ministry in the Dominican Republic. Uh, now that is our missionaries there that have uh, gone and worked in a church for many years and now they are going to plant their first church in the Dominican Republic uh, and then begin the method of bringing in a national pastor to that church and then going off and planting another church. So I'm very excited uh, to hear from them, to hear how God is working in their lives and also in how God is working in those in the Dominican Republic. So uh, please, if you're able to make plans to be here for both the morning and evening services that day, it's going to be a wonderful, uh, wonderful day of service there. And then ladies, of course, uh, don't forget about ladies. Bible study uh, this coming Thursday at 12 o'clock. So make sure you've got that on your calendars. Uh, let's move on now. Let's get our hymn books back out. We'll turn to hymn number 47. Hymn number 47, God will take care of you. Amen to that. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last in your blue hymnals. Hymn number 47, God will take care of you. Let's sing it together this evening.
hope that's an encouragement, an encouraging him to you this evening. Uh, that no matter what it is that we're going through, God will take care of you through every day or all the way. It's so wonderful that we have a God that takes care of you. And uh, I love that song that's one before. And uh, if we could, um, if we could switch out the last hymn to hymn number 46, God leads us along if you know that you can do that for me. Uh, I just saw that, that uh, page right before this one. God leads us along, and uh, I, I wanted to sing that one this evening. But uh, at this time, we're going to take our offering, if we, would pl- if we could please. Uh, we'll take our evening offering at this time. If I can have a few uh, ushers come forward, uh, or really just one usher this morning, uh, that's fine. Uh, we only have one side uh, to deal with, so it's, all, it's there in the back, brother. Uh, so this is, again, just a moment, uh, a, an opportunity for us to give back to God and uh, to give Him our regular tithes and offerings uh, this evening. And again, I want to make mention, I didn't make a mention of it in the announcements, but our... Um, our furnace is pretty close to being paid up. I know that we got at least a hundred dollars in uh, this morning, so that's we're we're getting real close to the end there. And again, I want to thank you for your giving and your faithfulness to that. Uh, so, Brother Jim, would you uh, give a prayer for the offering this evening? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for bringing us here together to worship you, Lord. We pray that you hear these songs and you know that they come from our hearts. Lord, we thank you for everyone that has contributed and everyone that has helped for this furnace to get paid for to to keep your house just as good as it possibly can be lord father i pray for the ones that aren't here tonight that can't make it because of sickness i ask that you please heal them i pray for the ones that um, that were here today earlier i pray that you do a work in their heart lord that uh, you make them have the desire to come and worship you at evening service as well Father, I ask that you give the pastor the wisdom to give his sermon this evening and to preach from your word, your word only, from the King James Version, Father. And I ask that you bless the gift and giver at this time. I pray these things in your most holy name. Amen. there isn't it no one ever cared for me like Jesus man the singing has just been wonderful this evening I almost want to just keep on singing amen I feel like getting our hymnals out and uh, singing a few more but uh, we'll see how the Lord leads this evening let's uh, get our our, uh, where am I here I lost it Uh, let's get our bulletins out we'll sing our song of the month let's stand together as we do for God so loved the world let's sing it out together this evening sing our song of the month together if you can stand with me here for God Welcome one another to the service.
let's all get our Bibles out. We're going to do our scripture reading at this time. If you'd please stand with me. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter number 15 in verse number 1 is where we're going to be at this evening. If you'll stand with me this evening, if you're able to, we'll turn to him or to Matthew chapter number 15. In verse number 1 is where we will begin. And I'll read verse number 1 if you'll join in with me on verse number 2. We'll read responsively all the way down through verse number 9 this evening. That's Matthew chapter number 15. Beginning in verse number 1, I'll read verse number 1. If you'll join in with me on verse 2, we'll read down uh, responsively to verse number 9 this evening. If you're there this evening, say amen. 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 Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Altogether on verse 9, But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, Let's get our one more hymn out together. We'll turn to hymn number 46. Hymn number 46 in your blue hymnals, God Leads Us Along. Let's sing it together this evening. Hymn number 46 in your blue hymnals. We'll sing all three verses this evening.
wonderful, wonderful singing this evening and uh, encouraged. I'm greatly encouraged by your singing. Uh, and my goodness, wonderful, wonderful songs uh, the Lord has allowed us to sing this evening. If you would, please get your Bibles out. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 15. And uh, hopefully you're pretty close to there already. Matthew chapter number 15, uh, beginning in verse number 1. We have been uh, going through together, uh, resolved to love, our uh, theme for this month. And uh, speaking about love and and uh, how uh, or what is love. And then on Wednesday night, we looked at how can I show love. And this evening, we're going to look at how should love affect my ministry. How should love affect my ministry? Matthew chapter 15, uh, we're going to see a part of ministry uh, that in all honesty uh, can reduce quite a bit of the love that either others have for the church or that we have for others. In Matthew chapter 15, verse number 1, we see Jesus here speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees. And he says here, Then came, Jesus, uh, then came to Jesus sorry, scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Uh, before we continue on here, I want to make mention uh, of this. Uh, sticking by the King James Version is not tradition, it's commandment. I want to make that real clear right now. It's not just by tradition that we hold to the King James Version. Uh, there are reasons for that. Uh, number one, the Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by, what's that next word there? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Uh, if there is a certain Bible version that does not have all the words, then I'm not living by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We need every word. We need the true word. We need the pure word. And that is what I hold in my hand today. Amen. And uh, that's what we're going to go by. So as we're talking about tradition and commandment this evening, I do not speak about the King James Version when I speak about tradition. Uh, I speak about the King James Version as a commandment, as a commandment by God to hold true and hold fast the Word of God. And uh, this is the Word of God. Amen. And uh, I just wanted to get that clear right off the bat. Verse number 4. It says here, For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus, thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. I want to tell you this evening, uh, there is nothing wrong with having some tradition in the church. I want to get that clear right now. What is wrong is when that tradition is held above doctrine or sorry, held up as doctrine, or above the doctrines of the Bible. Uh, I just want to get that clear before we get into it. Uh, I am not preaching against tradition this evening. Uh, I believe there is much tradition steeped in Baptist faith. Amen? And much of that tradition is founded in the Word of God. Amen? Uh, but this evening, I'm not speaking about the traditions that we gain from the Bible. Uh, I'm talking, we're going to look just a teeny little bit, and then we have much more to the message than just this. Uh, but I want to look a little bit at uh, these traditions that are being held up as doctrine or above Doctrine. That's when we're going to begin to fall uh, into things that are incorrect. Uh, we're going to fall into things that uh, are, instead of drawing people closer to God, will end up drawing people farther away from God. And we want to be uh, as far from that as possible. So uh, let's have a word of prayer and we'll get into the message this evening. Heavenly Father God, I pray that as we open up your word today, uh, Lord, I pray that you'd be glorified by what is read and what is preached from, Lord, and I pray that you just take control of this young preacher this morning and use me 
Fill me with your spirit, Lord, that your words would be heard and not my words. Lord, I pray that, Lord, as we seek to serve you here at this church, Lord, that above all things that we would keep you first. Lord, and as we're going to see in the message, keeping you first means keeping love first. I pray, Lord, that we would do that here. I pray that you'd speak through this message, Lord, and I pray that you'd have the preeminence in all things this evening. In your name I pray. Amen. So the first thing I want to look at this evening, I only have two points this evening, uh, but I've got 12, uh, or sorry, 13 pages per uh, point this evening, so we're going to be about an hour and 45 minutes. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I was uh, uh, teaching Sunday school this morning, and I had the most points in one lesson that I have ever had. I had seven points. And uh, we ended up getting through it in just the hour that we had, uh, but we were going pretty quick. I had seven points. Don't worry, I don't have that this evening. I have two points. But then again, as you know with your pastor, the less notes I have, the longer I preach. So uh, I've only got a few pages of notes this evening. That's how it goes on Wednesday nights, isn't it? Uh, I've only got a few, uh, maybe just a page of notes. But I end up preaching for 45 minutes, and then we don't have time for prayer meetings. So, but I've been good lately, haven't I? If you've been Wednesday nights, I've been keeping it to about 15 minutes, making sure we got time for prayer. But anyhow, this evening, I only have two points. And the first point being, church should be about the Bible. Or, or sorry, here's, I, I should reword that a little better. Church should be more about the Bible than it is about tradition. That's, that, that's, that's a better way to put that. Church should be more about the Bible and the Word of God than of tradition. Our church is to be a place of love in holding up the rules of man over the laws of God or uh, over the Word of God is not love. That's not love. Uh, we are to put God first, amen? Uh, if we are to put God first, that means to put love first because God is love. So we must put God first, and if, if we are holding something above God, then we do not have love, and we do not have God in the right place. Now, there are certain things that we do here that are tradition-based, and those things are fine. Uh, and I'm not speaking about our church this evening, but what I want to give you is information that as we look at other churches, we know what not to do. Uh, there are churches that are out there that hold up traditions higher than the Word of God. And they say, uh, well, this is what Pastor so-and-so set up, and this is just, and that's the way it's going to be. It's not biblical. Uh, they don't have any scriptural uh, backing to it, but they hold to it because it is tradition. Now, again, I, I, I preface this again by saying uh, I do not see that in our church today. I see a church that has held to the Word of God. Amen. And uh, if somebody comes in trying to add a tradition uh, or a doctrine that is not of the Bible, uh, we get them out pretty quick. Uh, and uh, we do not hold to um, those doctrines that do not come from the Word of God. Amen. Uh, we got to be very careful with that. But holding up the rules of man over the rules of God is not love, it is legalism. How many of y'all have heard of that term legalism before, or that term legalist? Now, the dictionary defines legalistic as adhering excessively to law. Now, in some ways, we want to adhere excessively to certain things, do we not? Am I, am I correct in saying that? We want to adhere excessively to the Word of God. Amen? But when we begin to adhere excessively to the law of a man, we begin to fall into a, a downfall uh, in the church. It can be uh, very easy when you respect a man or love a man, and it sounds like what they're saying is good, so you say, yeah, let's go for it, right? And then you begin to search the scriptures and you find out, well, well hold on now, that's, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Word of God says, so why are we holding to it? Uh, I've, I, have, I don't believe that I have ever been to a legalistic church, but I remember uh, many years ago, uh, my dad preached a message, uh, or, or sorry, a long series of messages uh, about legalism and went really deep into it. And uh, again, we're not going to do a study on legalism tonight, but I use that word not as, uh, uh, it, it is not referring to the Word of God. I want to make that clear. Uh, legalism is not holding strictly to the Word of God. That's not what legalistic is. My, le my reference to legalistic here is referring to those who hold to the traditions and laws of man 
more than to what God has put in his word. And that's what we want to be careful of. That's what we want to be careful of. When you come and ask your pastor something, I should be very quick to open up my Bible and show you where I brought that from. Uh, I should be very quick to open up the Word of God and show you uh, what it is that I am preaching about and why I brought it from the Word of God and where it is in the Word of God that I found it. I have heard all too often in churches of pastors who somebody comes to them and says, Pastor, why do we believe that? And the pastor says, well, just take my word for it, and I don't have time for this. Just take my word for it. There have been pastors that are like that. I have known pastors that are like that. And I want to tell you this evening, your pastor is not that kind of pastor. I want you to know that you can feel free that any time that you see something that you think is, well, that just doesn't seem right, I want you to come to me. I want to look at it with you. I want to search the scriptures with you. And if I am wrong, I will do like I did this evening and apologize for it. Because legalism is when I say, well, I know better than you, so just listen to what I have to say. And I'm, I, I'm, I, you know, it's beneath me to have to explain myself to you. Well, no, that's not what a pastor is there for. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to give you the Word of God, and if there's something that I say from the pulpit that sounds off to you, then you have every right to come to your pastor and say, Pastor, what's going on here? I don't see in the Bible where that is found. And we're going to go through it together. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong, and I'll apologize. But if you're wrong, we're going to go through the Word of God, and I'm not going to explain it myself. I'm going to let the Word of God explain it. What the Pharisees and the scribes were falling into here is that they were holding up the traditions of man to be more so important than the laws of God. And what did he say here? It says here, if you were to look, let's look back here at verse number three. It says here, but he answered and said to them, why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? That's not the verse I was looking for. Uh, where am I? We're down just a little bit farther here. Where are we? Here we go. Verse number 6. I had, to read, I had to read through it. Verse number 6, it says, And honor not his father and mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. How many traditions have we heard of that so much go against the word of God that they directly remove the commandment of God by their tradition? Not being open, uh, not being open about the Word of God, or, or 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 thinking it's beneath you to explain something to somebody, is is not love. Uh, do you do you get do you get where I'm going here? It is not love to pastor a people and say uh, uh, this is what the Bible says, but then when somebody comes and says, well, does the Bible really say that? You say, well, uh, I don't care about you enough or I don't love you enough to take the five minutes it would take me to go to the Word of God and show you, yes, this is what the Bible says, or to look and say, oh my goodness, I am so sorry, I misspoke there. A pastor ought to love his people enough to say, hey, my door is open. Come in, and if there's a problem, we're going to figure it out. If I made a mistake, then I'm going to apologize for it. My ministry, if, it is, if love is in the right place in my ministry, my ministry should no longer be a ministry of, of, of as soon as somebody walks through the door, we hit them in the head with the regulations and the rules. And, the, and the, you know, I've never been to a church that does this, but sometimes they're... Uh, uh, just their personality does this, but it's like coming to a church and instead of front doors, they've got a rule book that you've got to go through and, and sign saying that I'm going to obey these rules before you can step foot in the church. Uh, it, is, it is pushing people away from the Word of God to hit them in the face with the rules and regulations. Hey, uh, are the, are, does it, is, am I saying this to say that we don't need to obey the Bible? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is we bring people in in love and then show them what the Word of God says. If we were to not let somebody step through the foot of this uh, door unless they believed every word of the Bible, then nobody would ever come through the door and nobody would ever get saved. 
We've got to bring them in and then teach them what is in the Word of God. That's what we are here to do. Uh, the Bible says that we are to uh, go into all the world and teach all nations. How can you teach them if but the first time they come into the door, hey, I've heard it before, and, and uh, mom, you've been to a church that, I don't know if they did it when you were there, uh, but if a lady came in and she wasn't wearing a dress, they had paper dresses for her. That's legalistic. I'm sorry. That's legalism. That is pushing people out of the church with a tradition rather than bringing them in and showing them doctrine. And that pushes more people away from God than anything. It's not just in, in the independent fundamental churches. There's many churches all over the world, uh, whether it's a Baptist church or whether it's uh, a different sect or a different denomination. Uh, they push people away if they do not exactly adhere to the rules that they believe that they should adhere to. And that's not what this church is. That's not a church of love. That's not a church of, uh, of, uh, of love that says, come on in, whether you believe in God or not, and I hope that by the time you leave, you believe in God. That's what a church of love is going to do. If we love God and we put love in the right place in our church, the church will then become a place of learning and teaching about how we are to live our lives as Christians. We are to show the people that come into this church the love that Christ showed to us when He first picked us up out of that life of sin. How many of you can remember that day when you got saved and the Lord changed your life? Did you adhere to a list of rules before the Lord saved you? I didn't. I was just as much of a sinner as anybody. But did God still save me, or did he say, no, you know what, before, uh, before I'm going to save you, <clears throat> Andrew Harris, before you get saved, I need you to put on a suit, I need you to put on a tie, and, and then you can get saved. <laughs> no, he didn't do that. He didn't do I would never have gotten saved. Yeah, I already loosened in my tie this evening. By the end of the message, it's going to be off. Amen? Uh, the Lord doesn't save you because you wear a suit and a tie. The Lord saves you because you called out to him. Look back at your own life. I think of, when I think of those who come in to this church, I think of myself. And I think of where I was in my life. And again, I was a young person, but I was still in sin. I was still living in sin. I mean, I, was, I didn't have long to live in sin, but if you ask my mom, it was, it was about a million years of sin before I got saved. And probably about a million more years after that before I finally left. Where were you when God picked you up? Thinking about that should make our church a church of love and not of hate. Uh, one thing uh, I should say, there's only one thing that this church ought to hate, and that's sin. Uh, that, that's it. And, and, and you say, well, pastor, what about the ones that, that are just terrible, dirty, rotten sinners? Well, you ought to love them. That doesn't mean that you've got to invite them into your home and, and, uh, and, and, and bake them dinner, but you've got to love them, amen? Uh, you've got to let them into church. Does that mean that we're going to put them in the back room and, and, and put, a, put a video up there so that they can watch so that we don't have to look at them? No. We're going to love them, amen? It doesn't matter where they're at. Hopefully, by the time they leave this place, they will have a realization of their sin, Amen? Uh, they're not going to come into this place and we're not going to uh, uh, just turn a blind eye to their sin. Hopefully by the time they leave, they have a new understanding of what sin is and how they can begin to live a life that is free from that. Amen. But we're not going to let them sit out on the doorstep and live in their sin. We're going to bring them in in love. Number one, church should be more about the Bible than it is about tradition. And number two, church should be more about God and less about you. The more church is about God and the less church is about me, the more God gets the glory and the less I get the glory. The more church is about God and the less church is about me, the more people are going to be loved because I'm an imperfect person. I, I have uh, what some would call conditional love. I love you if you love me. Amen. I think we can all say that tonight. I love you if you love me. Hey, I'll give you money if you give me money. I'll come rake your yard if you come rake my yard. 
Hey, 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 I'll always do that. You bring me some bread, I'll make you a pie. You make me dinner, I'll make you uh, whatever, you know. We'll do it if somebody else does it for us. But the more church is about God and the less it's about me, the less we're going to have conditional love and the more we're going to have unconditional love. That's the kind of love that God has for you and for me. The love that God has for me is not conditional on what I wear on Sundays. It's not conditional on where my, what my past was. It's not conditional on what I did in my past. No, it's unconditional love. You say, well, how can that be? Well, the Bible says it very clearly that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Well, how can you die for so? What does the Bible say? Greater love hath no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. So for us to say, well, God died for you, but he doesn't really love you until you start to live right. Well, that's a lie. Well, Because they say, well, how, how can that be? Well, you look at it, and for Christ to die for you, he had to love you more than any other man has ever loved you in your life. It says, greater love hath no man than this than that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's the kind of love that Jesus has for you. And he died for you. That's an unconditional love, if you ask me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 31 through 33 say this. It says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. That first verse is the key here. It says, whatsoever, or whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do. That is all-encompassing. If you change the oil in your car, do it for God's glory. If you sweep your house, do it for God's glory. If you come to the church, do it for God's glory. When you open up your hymnal, do it for God's glory. When you clean the toilets, do it for God's glory. When you go to give out the gospel, do it for God's glory. When you put a gospel tract on the gas pump, do it for God's glory. The less church is about me and the more church is about God, the more effective we're going to become at furthering the kingdom of God. A church that is all about me is a church that will not be effective in serving God. It can't be about me. It's got to be about Him. Everything that we do in this church should have the beforethought of how would Jesus handle this person or situation? Everything is to be done for Him. So if I think first, before I go up to somebody and make a remark to them, my first thought ought to be, well, is what I'm about to say to them going to be for God's glory? When I begin to talk to somebody, I find myself falling into this so often. I begin to talk about ministry, and I begin to talk about church, and I begin to talk about the blessings of God. Hey, you can be talking about the blessings of God and be doing it for your own glory. Did you know that? If you're talking about it in a way so that other people look at you and say, Man, wow, that person, God has blessed them. Or, or, or they are doing a mighty work for God. If that's why you're doing it, to get a response like that, then I got a news flash for you. You're not doing it for God's glory. You're doing it for your own. But if you do it and say, Man, look at what God's done. This is what God is doing in the church. And it's not about me, it's about God. And then you spend the next 45 minutes talking and giving God the glory and going back and forth. That is for God's glory. Do all to the glory of God. Nothing in this church is to be done for our own glory or our own promotion. I find it interesting when... Uh, a pastor of a, of a church in church uh, will take a large block of time and promote their newest self-help book or promote their newest podcast that they came out with. Hey, there, is there anything wrong with writing books? No. 
Is there anything wrong with having a podcast about spiritual things? No. But does it need to be said in church? I, I don't know. Is it for my glory or is it for God's glory? Am I saying it in church because I want uh, a great following of people to go and uh, buy my latest novel or book or whatever it may be? Or am I doing it for God's glory? That should be our before thought, our, before we even start to think about what we're going to say or do or promote or, or, or listen to or, or watch or, or whatever we do in our life, we ought to think beforehand, is this for God's glory? A church that is serving God and is going to have God in the right place and is going to love others properly is going to put God first and then others right there next to God and then they're going to put themselves last. That's going to be how we're going to see God do some amazing things. And we've already seen God do amazing things. We ought to praise Him and give Him the glory because it was all done by Him. If you think about this church today and you think about why is this church here, Yes, there's been, there have been faithful servants of God that have held on for many years, but was it them that kept this church alive? No. It was God. God kept this church alive. John chapter number 1, verse number 3, it says, All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. I think that is pretty all-encompassing, isn't it? You think about that and you say, well, you know, it was my hands that built this church. Or it was my hands that put together such and such a project. Well, who gave you the strength in those hands to do it? Who gave you the ability to do that? Who gave you the wisdom to know what piece to put next? God. It is all His. It should all be for Him. This church was built by God. Every soul that has been saved here has been saved by God. Every dollar that has been raised here has been raised by God. Churches that are loving and have true charity are churches that are putting God above all things. When God is first, you will love others, right? When God is first, the word of God will be preached in love, right? When God is first, the church will be blessed. When a church puts God first, it becomes a church of unimaginable potential. The Bible says that He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think. But He will not do it if we do not put Him in the place that He is supposed to be in. 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8 say this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. It, it, to say that we are to put God first in this church is to say that we're going to put love first. You can't put God first and love people or not love people. It just doesn't work. God is love. Love has to be right up there because God is love. You know, we are humans and we make mistakes. But as often as we can, we should do our best as a church to put God first. To put Him above all else. If we do not... All our work here is for nothing. If love is not where it ought to be, and it's not done in love, what does the Bible say in 1 Corinthians? Verses 1 through 3, it says this, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move mountains and have not charity, I am nothing and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Church, this evening, my admonition is, and what I, I, I hope we're gleaning from this message is, that nothing is to be above God and love in this church. Nothing. 
no personal agenda, no idea, no law of man, no ideal of man, no program of man is to be above God. It's just, it's not to be. God is to be first in our church. If not, then, then it's all for nothing. All of this work that we've done, all of the prayer that has been prayed, all of the sweat and tears and blood that have gone into this church, if it's not done in love, it's, it's for nothing. That's been our focus this month as we've looked at this idea of resolved to love. We looked at first, what is love? And we saw that love was the more excellent way. Then we looked at, how can I show love? And we talked about showing love in the same ways that Jesus did, and that he, he did not uh, judge people right off the bat, and he allowed them to come in and showed love uh, by showing them their sin and then sending them away and, 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 and being there for them. And now we see that how does love affect my ministry? Well, if I put love where it ought to be, then everything else is going to fall into place. If I put love, God, where it ought to be in the church, then my doctrine is going to be right. If I put God, love, where it ought to be in the church, then the foundation is going to be okay. If I put God, love, where it ought to be in the church, then nobody's going to come into this building and leave this place discouraged. If I put God, love, where it ought to be in this church, this church will have no boundaries. This church will have no ceiling. This, not that I mean no ceiling, but I mean that there would be no end to the growth of this church. A church that puts God where it's supposed to be is a church with limitless potential for bringing glory to God. A church that loves God right is going to love others right. A man who loves God right is going to love his wife right and is going to love his family right. A family that loves God right, God's going to take care of them. We don't have to worry. We just, we just talked about it. Uh, be not dismayed, whate'er be tied. God will take care of you. But you've got to love Him. You've got to love Him. He loves you. He's always there for you. He's always there to pick you up when you're down. I love that word agape. Maybe you all know that word agape. I love that word. Agape love is selfless, sacrificial, and unconditional love. That's the kind of love that God has for us. It's the kind of love that we ought to have for others. Resolve to love. Determine to love. When it's easy, love. When it's hard, love. When they love you back, love. When they hate you and don't love you back, love. When they say all manner of evil against you, love. And the answer to everything is love. And the answer to all of it is love. It's God, right? God is love. So when I say love, I mean God. When I say God, I mean love. It's all, that's the answer to all of it. Yes, maybe we have some specifics that are in the Word of God, but it begins with love. It's the more excellent way. It's the way Jesus had His ministry all throughout His life, and it's what this church needs to be founded on, is love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, as we have looked at this final message in our short series on love, Lord, I pray that it has been helpful, and I pray, Lord, that it has touched hearts and, Lord, been a blessing, or, Lord, maybe even a conviction to some. Lord, I pray that you would convict me 
and that you'd work in my heart that I would love others more and love them with a greater zeal to reach them with your gospel than I've ever had. Lord, I need you. Lord, I love you. I thank you for taking this old, dirty, rotten sinner, Lord, bringing me to a place of my, the realization of my sin to where I could call on your name, Lord, and accept you as my Savior. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for bringing me to the place that I'm in today. Thank you for being God. Thank you for loving me when I have never deserved to be loved. Thank you for your agape love, Father. Lord, I pray that as we go from this place, and as we see our family and our friends and our co-workers and those who are around us, Lord, I pray that we'd have a deeper love for them than we've ever had. Maybe not because they love us, Lord, but because you love us. And because of that love, Lord, I pray that we would love them. Lord, I pray that as we look out over our country, over our nation, over our state, and over our city this evening, Lord, I pray that we'd have a greater love and a greater desire to reach lost souls than we ever had. Lord, we need you this evening. Lord, I pray that you'd work in each of our hearts, Lord. I love you, and I thank you for your love. Lord, I pray that you keep us safe as we go home this evening and bring us back safely on Wednesday together. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you all for being with us this evening. I love you. I will see you all next week. God bless. You're dismissed.